Hey, you ready for this week's echoes from the voice? Make the CD enhance. Well, 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 we've got a fun one for you, people. Especially if you've been watching the foundation of Apple TV Plus. Alright? But uh before we get into anything, let's take a look at some news this week, right? And I have to say, it, it really seems that people are reaching for some bullshit, right? Because, you know, there's this whole thing about Kamala Harris is the first woman to get U.S. presidential powers, right? Now, firstly, she's the first ever female vice president, right? So, <laughs> you know, it was always going to happen, especially because Joe Biden is a zombie. <laughs> so the fact that she was given the presidential powers for what, like 85 minutes. You know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't a long time. <laughs> it, it, there's nothing crazy going on here, people. You know what I mean? She got the baton for 85 minutes. Right, and we've seen how it goes. I mean, if we're to believe anything the West Wing told us, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, she got the powers while he was getting a health check, right? So, that was because he's turning 79 tomorrow, maybe or soon, right? Which I find weird, right? Because I'm like, wait, this is the first time you have tested him since he became president have you seen this motherfucker talk you know what I mean <laughs> like he's falling asleep all and this is the first time you've tested him really jesus right that alone should make people fucking worried right just that motherfucking statement right that's going to get people worried but yeah she got given powers, but let's be honest, the chances Biden makes it the full term, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it's kind of sus, right? I, I would be more, I mean, I'd have money more on the fact that Bigfoot turns up tomorrow than Biden makes it the full four years. So Harris was always going to get the reins at some point, right? Now, I think the, the big question is, how long she keep that shit for? Because no one likes Kamala Harris, right? No one likes Kamala Harris. She's a two-faced motherfucker that put people in jail, lied about it, you know I, mean? I say she's two-faced because she called Biden a rapist and then buddies up with him. I'm like, have a moral background, motherfucker. I know you're a you were a lawyer and you're a politician, so backbone not required, but come the fuck on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come the fuck on, right? But yeah. She get this ain't the first time. She's gonna be given those codes 
at least one more time. <laughs> at least one more time, people. So, yeah, pretty much. I don't know why people are going crazy about this because, I mean, we knew it was going to happen, right? All right, let's get into some other stuff. Boy, we, we are in crazy times, right? So, you know, now in the past, I kind of feel that if you don't like your job, you look for a new job right? But now people walk out, walk out and then tell the boss, you have to quit. <laughs> no, there was the dude that ran that uh, cooking magazine. Remember, it's like one of the head chefs and writers on the thing. She um, made a comment about um, is it Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo, and uh, Tajine, Chrissy Tajine, right? John Legend's wife, you know, just said, it was weird, just said an innocuous thing, like, ah, celebrities trying to do cookery books, that's crazy. And then someone's like, oh, they're both Asian, you hate Asians. And it's just like, uh, what? Where did I say that? And then Tajine was moaning about it. Then a few months later, we find out she's been bullying a fucking teammate, right? But the boss of that, uh, the, the you know the people like you should step down. They stepped. I'd be like, go fuck yourselves. If you don't like it, get new jobs, right? But yeah, you had Netflix stuff supposedly walking out, Spotify stuff, some of them went a little crazy over some of Joe Rogan's episodes, where it's just like, don't listen, you fucking weirdos. But um, yeah, the employees at Activision Blizzard have supposedly staged a walkout and are calling for Body Kutik, their uh, CEO, to bounce right now this is around sexual harassment allegations and the allegation from the wall street journal that he intervened to stop allegations from proceeding something like that but it says at least once it happened at least once which like did it or did like this is the thing there's no charges against the guy and it seems there's no real hard evidence so it kind of seems crazy that all of this is going down now if you've got hard evidence that this dude did this stuff right the thing to do would be to sue because activision would bounce him themselves right they'd be like ah fuck we're gonna lose his payout this, this lawsuit but we're sacking him he gets done for you know what I mean? miss like gross misconduct right you know what i mean that's how it would work but as that's not happening you know what i mean like you go all right what what's going down what the fuck is going down? Now, supposedly they're getting sued by California 
which is always a weird one, right? When a place can just a state, uh, uh, you know what I mean, a town, right, so will sue someone or a country will sue a firm. You'd be like, hmm, that's weird. But yeah, they're suing over frat boy culture, right? But this company has bank. You know what I mean? They make Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and a host of other huge popular games. I mean, I've, I've played some Activision games on the old Commodore 64, Commodore Plus 4 back in the day, right? But they were just Activision net. They hadn't merged with Blizzard, right? Those were the old days. <laughs> I think they own Wizard of the Coast as well, right? I think they do. I might be wrong. You know, they used to own Valiant, right? The comic book publisher. But um, yeah, so they make this. One, one thing is, it, this article that I read, right? It says, um, and in months since, the company has lost several key senior staff, including the namesake of one of its popular characters. Oh, I read that wrong, right? I read that of its popular titles. I'm like, wait, so Wait, they had an employee called World of Warcraft, right? I mean, you're like, that's a weird name. <laughs> hey, Warcraft, over here. <laughs> In my office, Call of Duty, we need a talk. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man, it's kind of crazy. Right there, um, you know, the head at Blizzard... Because I guess they're still operating as kind of separate companies. They stepped down. Jay Allen Brack, you know, around this situation, right? But I always find it weird. Like, why are you stepping down? Because clearly, wouldn't you want to clear up the situation or clear your name? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorting that. I'm just not just bouncing. Oh, it seems very weird when these things happen. But yeah, they're, they're saying that he was aware of these claims, which who knows, right? I think it depends on an organization because I've been at places where the CEO is very much detached from the general shit. Other times they've got their beak in everything, right? So if something happened and they claim they didn't know, you'd be like, eh, motherfucker, you're always got your nose in, man, you know, you know, right, but who knows, and here's the thing, if the CEO knew, then everyone knew, right, everyone, like, you couldn't say the board of directors don't know if the CEO, like, everyone would know, right, it, it's not just this one, two people, right, CEO and the head, they're not the only ones. <laughs> you know I mean? So it will be interesting to see what actually fucking happens here, right? Because if they're the only ones that disappear, if they're the only heads to roll, then there's a straight cover-up. It's like Harvey Weinstein, right? Because, yeah, Harvey Weinstein was a creep. And, you know, everyone supposedly knew, which is always a weird one, but he's not the only person, right, for him to get away with everything, you needed a system, you know what I mean, 
a system, right? Robert Isles, right? You needed something to help cover up things, to funnel shit in, just all of that. So, yeah, it would be interesting. But, right, this it says this shit was going down since 2018. I'm just like, people, if you're getting a weird time at work, leave. Leave. Find a new job. And here's the thing. It's not like this is McDonald's, right? It's fucking computer games. The money in computer games is crazy. So if you are a good developer, you could step to another company because they want your skills. And especially when you look at, you know, I think Disney have bought a lot of game studios, Universal, DreamWorks. You know, these companies are getting bought out. Microsoft have bought, Microsoft? Microsoft have bought a few. So yeah, if you've got talents, you can get work. So don't stay in a place if you're getting harassed. Find a new job, right? Or do something about it when it happens, man. Don't wait years and then walk out. You really it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of weird. But yeah, what's the real truth, man? Right? What's the real truth? Because doesn't seem like there's hard evidence at the moment. Not to say he's not a creep, right? Not to say he's not a dick, but there's a difference between a dick and someone who's covering shit up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it would be good to have evidence before walking out. So let's see what the fuck goes down. Okay. So, hey, I think everyone has at some point snuck into some spot. Sometimes you do it by mistake. Sometimes you do it on purpose. I remember I went to Canterbury, right? Walking around Canterbury. And um, I went into the cathedral. Went into the cathedral, looked around, very nice. As I left the cathedral, see this big sign going, oh, I mean, it was like 20 pounds to come in. And we'd be like, <laughs> because we'd come in a side door but it wasn't like we were trying to sneak in because the side door was open and we were walking and we just walked in right we there was someone by them we looked and we smiled and said hello and no one said hey you gotta like so yeah it was just like oh okay not intentional but then on the flip, I ain't giving the church 20 pounds, right? <laughs> but, you know, I feel that was more of a mistake. Now, these uh, couple of US tourists went to Rome, right? They're in Italy having a whale of a time, enjoying themselves. And, um, you know, it was late at night or maybe early in the morning. They're still out, which... That's a little surprising because I figured everything is so locked down. You know what I mean? Like, even with stuff you can do, right? There's certain things that you can't, like, I found <laughs> the night tube ain't running no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that, that was a little irritation. But, yeah, shit ain't open like it used to be. So the fact that they're still out at 5.30 in the morning right? Italian time is interesting. But yeah, they decided 
to pop into the Coliseum, have a beer. I'm assuming, right, that it's they were watching the sunrise, you know, because I remember I did that in Italy. You know what I mean? Like there was this nice hill, and I remember, um, yeah, going up to the hill, and we sat there, brought a blanket, and watched the sunrise. It was very nice, right? Very nice, very pleasant. So I imagine that's what they were doing, but they brought beer into the Colosseum, right? Firstly, it's something that you don't do, right? There's this, you know, you go to certain places and in certain countries, religious countries mainly, right? You're not allowed to go in, like you're not allowed to go into like a lot of churches and mosques and things like that in shorts, right? got to be covered up there's all these rules which everyone knows when you go to another country there's certain things you look into right you look into certain laws to make sure your shit ain't gonna get fucked up right so the fact that these dum-dums <laughs> snuck into the coliseum which you know that alone is illegal but then brought alcohol you just like Right. And so they were spotted. Now, here's the thing. Right. It says they were spotted. It's not like they were caught on CCTV or anything like that. It's someone spotted. So firstly, my ass is denying. <laughs> I just be like, no, I, can't, I, I don't know what you're talking about. We didn't have beer. We did not bring beer and be like, someone saw you with a can and we were, and be like, oh, no, it was an energy drink. I had a monster because it's 5.30 in the morning and we're trying to watch the sunrise. You know what I mean? I had a little monster to keep me awake or a Red Bull. But I'd be like, yeah, it was a, that was a can. It wasn't a beer. I mean, I think I threw it in the bin just outside. If you want to go, oh, the bin's got emptied. Damn it. Come see, come saw, right? Right? You know, you're denying it. And if you unless you've got motherfucking video proof or a photograph, shit didn't happen. But these dum-dums, you know what I mean? They admitted to it. So uh, yeah, their asses got fined. <laughs> oh man, they got fined. Whoo! Hefty. Right, 800 euros, which equates to 905. It's a weird amount, right? There's a translation, translate, translate, transaction only, right? But yeah, it's 800 euros and 905 dollars or 670 pounds. Uh, so yeah, that's what they got hit with, you know, for um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it was mainly for the illegal entry rather than the beers. But again, I deny it. I mean, like, it wasn't us. Maybe someone that looked like us. I mean, I get it. It's nighttime. It's easy to mistake shit, right? It, like, if they come hit you a photo, it'd be like, ah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Otherwise, no, it was not me. I was in my hotel. <laughs> but yeah, boy, 
that's gonna sting. It's definitely gonna sting unless you know they're wealthy, and then it's just like meh, whatever, right? Uh, at least we got a fun story to tell everyone, right? It's one of those things where you see people at the time they're probably shitting themselves and crying and be like, "I'm so sorry, don't don't lock us up in jail." But then when they're telling their friends, be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, so we weren't. It, it was a blast. It was crazy, man. This is what happened, right?" It's when like you see it. It's a thing on dating websites. If you like your best travel story, and people are like, "Oh yeah, getting stranded on an island," then you'd be like, "At that time, I bet you were shitting yourselves." <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't act like it was this grand old time. <laughs> but yeah. If you're sneaking into somewhere, don't sit in plain view, right? Says they were sitting on the second tier. But, yo, you're hiding behind a pillar, making sure no one can see you, right? That's sneaking in 101, people. Jesus Christ. Maybe they don't teach that in America, right? Maybe that's the thing. It's poor Americans. They're not taught how to sneak. Whew. Add it to the curriculum, people. Fight for it to be in your curriculum, because you should not be caught sneaking into a college. Okay, so I feel this has happened before, right? But Sesame Street are on a mission to tackle racism, right? That's what it says. They're introducing a new puppet called Ji Young. Right. And um, yeah, they they feel it will help battle um, yeah, racism against Asians. And they say help young Asian and Pacific Island uh, children to feel they feel at home in America as much as anyone else. All right. Which is. Uh, it's an odd move, right? It's an odd move. So yeah, this new character, Yi Young, that uh, is seven years old, loves rocking out on her electric guitar and skateboarding. <laughs> right, the um, the woman behind Yi Young, her, her puppeteer is Kathleen Kim. Right. And um, she says she hopes her character can help teach children um, how to be good, upstanding, <laughs> a good, upstanding and a person who stands up against things like bullying, racism and hateful attitudes or behaviors. <laughs> now, listen, the sentiment, listen, I always Hey, if you're trying to, you know what I mean, break down barriers and, you know, stop prejudice and things like that, I'm always for that stuff. But Sesame Street, where you have bright yellow Big Bird, you've got orange puppets, purple puppets. That always seemed to be one of the big things, like Gonzo's green, not Gonzo, G G 
De Grouch? Is it Gonzo the Grouch? No, Gonzo's the with the nose in the Muppets, right? Oscar. Oscar the Grouch. He's the motherfucker in the bin. He's green. Right? So it's like the puppets never had ethnicities. That's why it was just open for everyone because there wasn't that. Right? You you didn't have this, you know, situation where like, uh, right, the the yeah, the, the ethnic divide on Sesame Street is weird. There's more, you know white puppets and black or there's more, you know, black puppets and A, like, there's none of that because there's no race. They're just all these crazy-looking puppets. And when you look at G. Young, you know what I mean? It, it's like this puppet is a, a, a lightish brown or a lightest orange i don't know what you would call the, the color it's kind of actually more of a beige but it's not like you look at that puppet and go i think that's asian right you know what i mean like the puppet doesn't look asian so it's not like um you know black panther with t'challa or shang chi with Shang-Chi, right? It's it's not like films like that where, you know, you're giving young kids from these communities superheroes that kind of look a bit like them, you know, or just represent their community. It's not that. Because, yeah, I get that, right? I, I, I get that sort of thing. Because it'd be like, oh, man. Hey, we finally got a great black superhero or a great Chinese superhero that is good, isn't just a sidekick or a side character with not much to do, right? It is someone that's at the forefront, that's got kick-ass powers and skills and means something, right? That, you understand the power in that. But in this, it does feel a little goofy does feel a little goofy because like all the messages from what I remember of watching Sesame Street which you know granted was a little it was a few years ago let's just say that it was a, a few years ago right now you know what the, the messages always came from the guests right the guests or just what they were talking about Right. You didn't need to be like, oh, well, yeah, OK, we need a Jewish puppet to talk about this and a black puppet to talk about this. And let's get a no, because you had these crazy motherfucking puppets. And they, you know, taught you how to count you know, the alphabet and just threw in some other crazy stuff every now and again. Like, don't talk to strangers and hey, look both ways when you're crossing the road. You know what I mean? So I, I, it seems weird. It seems like you don't need a Chinese puppy. You don't need a black puppy. You don't need a Jewish puppy. You don't need these things because the sentiment of the show is crazy puppets teaching your kids about shit, right? So yeah, I, I don't know. Right? I, I don't feel, you know, that, again, you know, as I said, look, when you're trying to fight, you know, bigoted behavior fine but yeah i just don't think this works 
you know, because it's just like, oh, you know, they hope that young Asian and Pacific Island children feel at home. But firstly, Asian and Pacific Islanders aren't the same. So, you know what I mean, just having one puppet going, oh, that re represents both groups, that's a little fuckeries. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know if they're going to look at that and be like, oh, I feel she's from the Pacific Island, you know? Or, oh, I think she's eight. Like, I don't, I don't think you get that from looking at this goddamn puppet. I may be wrong. But I think Sesame Street have got their shit backwards. They've they they've gone the wrong way up a one-way street. You feel me? <laughs> okay, people, this one seems like a fun story to end our news on because you know what I mean? Because of a uh oh Oh my good. Whew. Apologies, people. Um, yeah, supposedly because of a deathbed confession, you know what I mean? It is full. Well, the FBI thinks anyway that they may be able to find the missing body of Union Chief Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, oh, oh. Now, do you, like, do you, if you saw The Irishman, right, it's on Netflix, so go check it out. It's great. It's long, but it's great. Uh, Hoffa was in that, so they looked at the whole relationship a little bit. It's one of the subplots of that film. But, uh, yeah, he's been missing for 50 years, and um, he disappeared all of a sudden in 1975, right? He, he was in cahoots with the G New Jersey Mafia. You know what I mean? Like, everyone knew it. Like, he finally got arrested for it. But he got out. Nixon let him out. And, you know, he's now not involved with Teamsters, so no power. And it seems he was a difficult character to deal with. Let's just say that. Not to say that anyone deserves to get whacked. But, you know, right? Yeah, don't fuck around with the mafia. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, kind of figure everyone knows that shit. But uh, yeah, he disappeared. Disappeared. No one could find his body. Uh, now, now, right? Supposedly, um, a guy was told by his dad on his deathbed that he had been told to bury Hoffa's body, right? Um, and it's a little suspicious, right? His dad is Frank Coppola, right? Uh, which, you know, it, it does have those mafioso-sounding connections. I know, that, that is prejudice. I know, I'm joking, people. I'm having fun, all right? Calm the fuck down. But, uh, yeah, he died last year. Now, this is the thing. He died in March last year, 2020, right? Now, the son supposedly told a friend that his dad told him that a group of guys 
turned up at the landfill where he worked and was told, bury Hoffa's body in a steel drum, right? Supposedly. Now, firstly, right, if you told your friend that, your friend's an arsehole. <laughs> you can't trust your motherfucking friend. Like, what is that? What's that? You give him some info and he, he stitches you up. Secondly, isn't that obstruction of the law? You know what I mean? Because if you're told in March, your dad's dead. It doesn't matter. So you could go to the police straight away. It doesn't matter, right? So there's that. The other thing which makes me a little dubious about this situation, if they turned up at this landfill, firstly, the, the mafia controlled many construction sites. So why wouldn't they just bury a, a spot they had and hit up one of their trusted people on that spot? You know And secondly, even when you have trusted people, you're not really telling them, oh, by the way, this is, um, you know, Stephen Smith. Can you bury him? No, you'd just be, you'd have a body covered up and be like, bury that body. You mean, you're not going, hey, we've got Jimmy Hoffa's dead body here. Can you bury it? No, I would imagine you're turning up with a wrapped up body and going, bury this. You say anything, we're fucking you up. But you're not letting people know who the fuck it is. You know, I could be wrong, no people. I could be wrong. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep my ear to the ground. Well, I'm going to, you know, check the news. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check the news. <laughs> keep my ear to the motherfucking ground. <laughs> like, what the fuck? No, I'm going to keep keep an eye on this story to see what happened. But, yeah, that's it. Let's get into some other stuff, right? Okay, people, so with episode 10, the final installment of Apple TV Plus's foundation series dropping today, I decided to take a look at the series as a whole. And, yo, let me just tell you, whoa, <laughs> like episode 10 is crazy. It is, oh my days, it's got everything, intrigue, right? There is so much intrigue in there. There's twists, betrayals, revelations, you know what I mean? And the ending, oh my God, I was so excited. Like it was coming to the end and I'm just like, oh, if it's, that would be amazing. And then there's a, yo, it happened. Oh, shit, people. God damn it. You are going to be in for a treat. Okay, so, um, yeah, it was, boy, I can't remember when I heard, right? Because it was, uh, you know, it may have been in 2017, right? It, it may have been when the production started, but 
yeah, I, I remember when, you know what I mean, just like the intrigue, because for years I'd heard that Asimov, um, you know, you know, Asimov, Isaac Asimov people, the one of the grandfathers of sci-fi, you know, him, Richard C. Clarke, you know what I mean, just laying it down back in the day, right? And, yo, when I I heard about these books, this series, and uh, it was so good, right? So good. And I've always wanted to check it out, but Audible didn't have the motherfucking books, right? And now they've got the original trilogy, but they don't have the other books. And it's a bit like, oh, I don't want to start it until everything is there. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to be pissed. I know, I know I will get to the end of that third book and be like, all right, but what about the other shit, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? Knowing there's more and not having access to it, it is irritating as a motherfucker. And that is the, that's the thing. I love Audible, man. It has enabled me to get into so many books. But it's that limitation sometimes where not everything is, you know what I mean, ported over. And even when they're big books as well, right? If it was a little small book, I'd understand. But when it's a big book and it's not, you're just like, motherfuckers, what are you doing? What are you like sometimes, which is really irritating? You have book two of a series, but not book one. And it's just like, I remember mailing them one time. This is a tangent, people, but bear with me. All right. I emailed them one time and I was just like, yo, um, I see you got book two. Do you think you'll do book one? And I'm like, well, you know, it depends on the interest we get with that book. I'm like, yeah, but you won't get interest because everyone will know it's book two. No one's going to dive into a trilogy on book two. It is ridiculous. Anyway, poof, got that out of the way. <laughs> so this adaption of Foundation was from David S. Gower and Josh Feedman. You know what I mean? Uh, we had Bear McCreary composing it. Executive producing was Gower, um, Feedman, along with David Ellison, Dana Goldberg, Bill Boast, Robin Asimov, Marcy Ross, and Cameron Welsh. Uh, it's from Skydance, right? Which I thought was interesting because I think Skydance, I feel they're a kind of they came from the comic book world. I feel, I feel that's right. I might be wrong, but yeah. Now every, like the episodes range from about 45 minutes. I think the longest is an hour and six minutes. You know what I mean? Or maybe an hour and 15 minutes, something like that, right? Yeah, I feel it's something like that. You know what I mean? I might be wrong. <laughs> I never have no people. Come on, let's let's be serious, right? <laughs> but they do have the right 
to the entire series, right? Which is, ooh, is enticing. You know what I mean? It is enticing because it does kind of lead you to think that there could be a a good number of series, you know, because there's the original trilogy, right? Um, then we have got, um, you know, what, uh, two prequels, right? Prelude to Foundation and Forward to Foundation, and then two sequels, Foundation Edge and Foundation and Earth. So you kind of feel that we'd maybe get five seasons, right? And the prequels, they could tie, like, thread the prequels maybe in as flashbacks or something. I don't know. Or you could finish and then just do a, another follow-up series, like, before the foundation. I mean, that would be something, right? I don't know. It's hard because I ain't read the books. You know what I mean? I ain't read the books, people. But yeah, it's super intriguing. Super intriguing how like all of this came together. Having Asimov's daughter involved as well does seem fitting. It does feel like, you know what I mean, it's there to hold it all together, right? Now, before I started all of this, I remember it was, man, gosh, I don't know. It was a, a, a long, it was during the London Science Film Festival, I think. Like, someone had told me that they'd, veered off from the books, right? They, 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 it was kind of the backbone of the books, but it, it, you know, they've changed the story in places. Now, from what I hear, it kind of makes sense because the books span thousands of millennia, right? A lot of jumping around and all of this kind of stuff. So you can understand, you know, some things. And I think it's maybe a good thing if you haven't read the books or you haven't just read the books, you know what I mean? So there's that detachment in it all. Um, actually, I have seen, I've just uh, noticed that um, Gower says, with Foundation, we can tell the story, hopefully over the course of 80 episodes, right? So it's 80 hours as opposed to try and condense it all into two or three hours for a single film. Uh, you know, that's interesting. And, and as I said, yeah, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. So um, our cast, oh, cast is pretty frigging right? Right, so we've got um, ruling the empire. There is Brother Day, who's played by Lee Pace. Does feel like Lee Pace has been in a lot of big ass franchises, you know what I mean? Which is pretty cool. So, Brother Day is the middle empire clone, right? Um, 
you also have God Brother Dusk, played by Terence Mann. Um, he's the Elder Empire clone. And you've got Brother Dawn, which I think you probably guess, right? Played by Cassian Bilton. He is the youngest Dawn Empire clone, right? Which uh, is interesting. Ah, it's kind of interesting how they play all of that with the clothes and all of that kind of thing, right? You do have um, Cooper Carter is a child version of Brother Dawn um, in the first few episodes, right? So we also have got uh, probably, let's go with one of the main characters, Harry Seldon, right? Who's played by Jared Harris. Um, we have got Lou LaBelle, played by Gail Dor Dormick, right? Who is a mathematician protege, uh, self-taught, self-taught. Lee Harvey, Play, who plays Salva Harden, Warden of Terminus, right? Ah, man, I do, I do think that, uh, yeah, those two are two of my favourite characters, maybe because they're both fine as hell, but no, they're very good characters. I like those characters. Um, we have got uh, Laura Bin plays Elo Demazel, right, who um, is the last surviving, well, actually, I'll let you find that out, I'll let you find that out, right, but the interesting thing about that character, it kind of ties into um, as one of Asimov's other series, which kind of gets indicated, I think, I've read in the later two sequels. Uh, boy, who else do we have? We have um, Raish Foss, who um, is the adopted son of Harry. He's played by Alfred Enoch. Uh, we've got um, Cheryl. He's the, uh, I think he's the shadow. Uh, I think that he's the shadow Mast? No, he's not. He's just an Imperial agent. Okay. An Imperial agent. Uh, we have Abus Hardin, uh, played by Clark Peters. That's Salva's dad. Um, we have um, Mari Hardin, Salva's mother, played by Sasha Bahir. God damn it, I knew I recognized her. I could, I'm trying to think. There's people that you see in here and you're like, I know that person from somewhere. Who the fuck is that, right? Um, Hugo, who um, is uh, kind of Salva's boyfriend. He's played by Daniel McPherson. Um, he's a thespian. Uh, oh, the Grand Huntress. Farah Kean, 
played by Kubra Sight. Man, that's a fun character. That really is. Oh, man, and it gets crazy when she comes into it. Louis Pina, played by Elliot Cowan, right? The director of the foundation um, who took over. Uh, and, man, that character, yeah, yeah, kind of hate him at first, right? We have um, oh, Azora Adil, played by Amy Tiger right now she's a gardener but who ho 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 you have to watch out for that character boy uh yeah that was that was an interesting story plot uh we have the shadow master oberet played by mido hamada who whew, a decent character. We don't see him much. Which, uh, you know, I may have said too much. I may have said too much. All right. Uh, we've got uh, a Commander Dorwin played by Christian Contras. Um, Zefa Halima Ifa, right? Um, she's played by Tanaya Miller. Um, another very fun character, people. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, we also have the master static, master statistician Tyvel, played by Ian McNeese, and um, the the voice of the deliverance is Chippo Chung. Right, so yeah, that's all of that now. What is this series about? Okay, so I'm going to read you two, right? So here's the one for the TV series, right? It says, far in the future, the Empire is about to face a reckoning unlike anything else it's faced before. Several millennia of chaos has been predicted by the galaxy's leading psycho-historian Harry Seldon. But can the Empire offset disaster before it begins? Which, I mean, yeah, it's all right. But I do prefer the, the one you find on the book Wikipedia. The premise of the story is that in the waning days of the future galactic empire, the mathematician Harry Seldon spends his life developing a theory of psychohistory, a new and effective mathematical psychology using statistical law of mass action. It can predict the future of large populations. Seldom foresees the imminent fall of the empire, which encompasses the entire Milky Way and a dark age lasting 30,000 years before a second empire arises. Although the momentum of the Empire's fall is too great to stop, Seldon devises a plan by which the onrushing mass of events must be deflected just a little to eventually limit its integrarium to just 1,000 years. To implement his plan, Seldon creates the foundation. Right? A group of scientists and engineers settled 
um, at the end of the galaxy to preserve the spirit of science and civilization and thus become a cornerstone of a new galactic empire, right? Now, that is very interesting because, right, Asimov got um, the idea from the, the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, right, that he read that and that kind of planted the seeds for his new creation, which, right, though that original trilogy, it was published between 1942 and 1950, so all this shit is people, you know what I mean, so it, it but it, like a lot of stuff, like June and Lord of the Rings, and many, many other fan favorites, Edgar, Bar, Bar, Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff, it, it was first published as short stories, in um, a, a magazine, you know, but then in 51 and 53, that's when it became the free books, right, and man, it was so goddamn good, right, there's a TV show, boy, it was so friggin' enjoyable, people, I loved it, every friggin' moment of it, you know what I mean, it's like, uh, I think it's, it, it speaks to people who probably enjoy Game of Thrones, The West Wing, um, maybe Lost in Space, right, there's just, all, like, Battlestar Galactica, I, I just think it's got just so much involved in it, you know, which is just so intriguing, you know, like, we, we start off on the water world, right, because um, of Trantor, no, we said the water world isn't Trantor, um, I forget the name of the water world, people, uh, but she comes to Trantor, because she's kind of ostracized, Synax, that's the water world, um, because she's kind of ostracized, right, and, and what we learn of Synax, it is kind of crazy, it's kind of crazy, but it's funny, because we do see some of that in today's society, in what's happened over the last three years of people trying to stifle information flow, right, and I think Synax is, whew, that's where it gets crazy. And we've seen it in the past, right? And that's the interesting thing about this for me is we see these circles, right, of, of shit repeating themselves. And though this is, I find it set in the far future, we had that period where books were being burned, right? Information being stifled. Right, just all of that religious fervor, you know, the crusades, the witch hunts, the inquisition. There's been all of these things, which is funny because people don't look at that shit and think we shouldn't repeat it. They're just like, huh, why don't we try that shit again? You know what I mean? But yeah, so we, we see what's happened to Gail. And how she comes to Tranta, the capital of the Galactic Empire, 
to work with Harry Seldon. She's won this competition uh, to kind of solve this mathematical conundrum. Um, well, it's kind of not to solve it because Harry's already solved it, but it's to see if you can understand his theory, right? Now, she comes thinking this is the start of a new life, right? And she potentially makes a couple of friends on the way. But that really unravels quickly when so literally she sits down and it's dropped, like this whole thing is dropped on her. And you're just like, yo, okay, where the fuck is this going? You know what I mean? But, like you, but you kind of think, all right, no one's dying, right? No one's dying because that would be too insane to kill someone early. Even though Sean Bean, he met it in Game of Thrones and yet didn't think that was coming. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, the, the story just, we, we see this shift and the great thing about the shift that early is you get to see the layer on layer on layer of thinking, of manipulation, and how it's been worked to trigger events. All right now, at the same time, chances are given, but they're scoffed at. Right, and we're seeing all of this, and it is crazy. We then we do have a time jump, you know, after that. Uh, but we jump around, so we see that situation. We do get some flashbacks of Gail and what led her to go, but not a lot. That's all teased, which does get fleshed out as the series progresses. Um, we also kind of see Cleons. Right, the the Empire clones, which they're all based on this one early guy, Cleon the First, and he had a vision, and so yeah, he's been cloned ever since, right? But it's fun the way they do it because you get the the young, the middle, and the old, right? Which does seem to make sense, right? Because it kind of helps it even out decisions but it does get crazy it really gets fucking crazy man but we see all of this and it is the funny thing is because we get the um we we get to see how that changes right how what happens with these clones we see it and then we see the consequences of decisions that get made in the first couple of episodes, which again, very fun, right? So all of this is just unfolding this space opera, this such in-depth story, and you wonder where it's going, right? So we, we get taken to Terminus, that well, we hear about the plans for Terminus, and then when we get there, we kind of have a whole new cast, right? We have a whole new cast, but and you're thinking, oh, okay, all right, but this new cast is interesting. 
have the warden and you know salva harden all of that but then suddenly we get these flashes back to other stuff we're back with the cleons right and we're just like oh shit okay right how how does all of this tie in you know, and, and the story starts to unfold, and you understand, right, the, 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 the threads that are binding all of this together, and it is compelling. My days, it is so compelling, right? Uh, there's a, a big, a huge thing happens in um, episode two, which I have to say, right, you do kind of feel, when if you build something, of a certain structure, right? Surely you would kind of think, all right, maybe something like, what if something happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, it's, it's not quite. But it is cool. Like, I do kind of think we have seen something of its like, but we, we, I think the way it's captured in foundation, it, Oh man, it is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So we have this big thing. We also have our first uh I mean, huge character shift, maybe let's say. Let's say that, which is just you're just like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? How the fuck? I thought that was, whoa. And you're just like, well, there must be more, right? There must be more. Now, we we don't get a lot of clarity until late, late, late in the series. But when you kind of hear some of the rationale and everything, you're like, oh, shit, I understand. Right, it does make sense in some twisted way, but yeah, it was just like, it's fuck, Chris, man. But then, you know, the ghosts arrive, which is like, oh shit, what does this mean? You know, we we get these huge kind of shifts in the the interplay of the characters but yeah you kind of wonder what does this mean right it's a little throwback to events that happen in episode two which is nice right and now this is again it's years in the future so you're just like okay yeah i get that makes sense but what's the end game Right, there's a lot of cat and mouse shit going on, but yeah, there's I, I didn't find any point in this that I was just like, oh, this is so dull. You know, what I mean, I, I was just hooked, hooked all the way through, hooked all the way through, and it just builds and builds and builds. Right, we start to get these weird dreams and flashes. You know what I mean? That's very interesting. We get to see Gale's early days on the Synax, which, uh, you know, at first 
with where we last leave her, you do think, oh, is this future? But then you realize, oh, no, 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 it's past, right? But it, it makes sense. But yeah, see some dark shit. And you're like, oh, shit, man. That's some craziness, right? But when you think the series has gone, right, a, 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 as crazy as it might get, we then we, we then see some other shit, like the death of the maiden, right? Which again kind of then ties into, um, I guess a lot of maybe I might be wrong, but it feels like a lot of Jewish mythology, right? With pilgrimages um, and the like, but. That, yeah, it, it, it takes you somewhere and then it throws you back. But in throwing you back, you kind of feel really sad for the, this character that you kind of think is an ass, right? Well, you think he's an ass, but you think he's redeeming, and then you think he's an ass, and now you just feel bad for him. Because of the, the ramifications and everything like that. But in the last kind of few episodes, the breadcrumbs are there. And it start that snowball is picking up, picking up, picking up until, until we get to the, the very end. Because you have got Things that were thought lost come back, right? Deaths, plans upon plans, backstabbing, just injury. And the end episode, you're like, how are they going to pull this shit together, right? How is it going to come to a head? What's going to happen, right? Because I need to feel fulfilled, right? I, I, I know that you know it's going to finish on some sort of cliffhanger because they always do. As these like TV shows, they always end like that to try and entice you to come back, which is kind of a little crazy because you're going to come back, right? If you've enjoyed a season and you know there's more, you're coming back, right? But it's just like, how will they end it? Because we've had so much, it's been such a roller coaster, and the the end, the end is crazy. It's crazy, right? You have all these hopes, right? There's searches, there's a time jump, and you just think, what the fuck does this mean? What does this mean? And then we get this crazy thing at the very end, which, boy, it's going to fill you with joy, but also, like, what the fuck happens now, right? That's going to be the big thing. What the fuck happens now? Yo, people, the foundation, so enjoyable. I loved the way it, it all came to a head. And, yeah, I, I think if you've been enjoying the series up until this point, you will not be disappointed with that last episode 
okay? So, people, boy, enjoy it. Let me know what you think, right? Let me know what you think. Because, yeah, I, I, I just don't think anyone's going to be, I, well, I was going to say I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed now. I will caveat with, if you, you know what I mean, if you were a huge fan of the books and read the books and all of this and loved them so much, yeah, it, it might be a little, I can't believe they changed that or they left that out or they merged those characters. I get it. I get it. But, you know, it, it's a different media and I always kind of expect some sort of change when you're taking a book to TV or to film, you know? So I hopefully people can, you know, I think experience it for how it is. I think um, Gower had these comments to make, right? To our colleagues in the fourth estate, we started this journey on foundation nearly four years ago. And while I knew that, adapting Asimov's work would be the biggest challenge of my career. I couldn't possibly have anticipated the gamut of psychological and physical hurdles we'd have to face in scaling this mountain. I know you know what I'm talking about because we've all suffered through the same collective experience. I myself lost my mother, to COVID complications last May, just after our production was forced into hiatus. And I really wish she could have lived to have seen it. When I first pitched the show, I told my partners at Apple and Skydance that I wanted the series to communicate a message of hope. Hope in the human spirit and a hope in mankind's capacity for ingenuity, because it's Let's be honest, we need that ingenuity now more than ever. So, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of all things science. I know this sounds highfalutin, but now that I'm a husband and a father of three, it was important to me that we provide a silver of light at the end of the journey. I think that's a sliver of light. Yeah, a silver of light doesn't really make any sense, does it? I'm really reasonably certain the bulk of you will be taken by the scope and spectacle of the filmmaking. But it's my earnest hope that you also find yourself transported on an emotional level. Everything should be available to you on the Apple TV Plus. Uh, yeah, that's not for you that's for me. <laughs> but I, I understand what you're saying. I see it because I, I think it's there. You know, they, this is the human struggle, right? What we're watching here is the human struggle, is the human experience. The, as I said, look, when you look back at history, it's all there. It's all there. So, man, I love this shit and I cannot wait for season two. <laughs> People, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, people. So, um, I've been reading The Count of Monte Cristo by Jules Verne. No, 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 no. It's by Alexander Dumas, not Jules Verne. I love Jules Verne's stuff, 
but he didn't write, you know, the Count of Monte Cristo, Alexander Dumas. Um, yeah, and it's funny, right? Because there's so many different versions, and this one, it's like, gosh, what was it? I think it's 50 hours. I mean, it's heavy, and it's definitely more dense than any other version that I've done. Right, and I've done big versions, but there's stuff that's happening. That I'm just like, I remember that, right? I thought he got whipped every day in prison. What's going on? Um, so it's dense, right? So I thought, you know what? Let me, you know, sprinkle in something a little bit light, easy, you know, a palate cleanser. So I decided to check out Jules Barnard's never date your best friend, um, which is the fourth in a series, it would seem, right? So there was never date your brother's best friend, then never date a player, never date your ex, and yeah, now it's never date your best friend. There's also never date your enemy, um, you know, which kind of, you know what I mean? You're a bit like, I mean, never date your enemy. It kind of makes sense, right? You know, I don't think you need to, these books. But, yeah, it's this never date thing. They're very, like, it was three hours, something like that. Not long. Not a long book, right? Which, again, you know, I thought, boom, that's good. Uh, it's narrated by Zachary Weber and... Emily Buer, Buer, Brewer, Brewer, I think. Um, and the gist is this. I'm stuck in the friend zone with the hottest guy I've ever known. Oh, and he's my best friend. Zach pushes me away the moment sparks fly. And sparks have been flying since the day we met. For some aggravating reason, he's intentionally keeping me at a distance. The way I see it, I have two options. I can leave town and make a fresh start, or I can show Zach how right we are for each other. The problem is one of those options has the potential to ruin the best friendship I've ever had, but I'm considering risking it all for love. Don't don't Now, to be honest, I hadn't read any of that <laughs> before I got it. This is part of the Unlimited series, which I have to say, that is, was a great addition to Audible. The, you know what I mean? There's books you can listen to for free. Don't even have to buy it, right? Which I think is great. And now just there's a standard card for books when you're a member. £7.50. I mean, Audible has now become... A legit as fuck, man. It, I've been a member since I think 2012. A long last time, maybe even earlier than that. And I loved it. I thought it was great. You know, two credits a month, always a sale on. You know, but just these new additions have really just boom made it insane. So yeah, it was part of that. So yeah, I thought, eh, you know what? There's nothing to lose. So I checked it out. Now, straight away, I was a bit like, <laughs> I don't like this. 
But it's a bit like, oh, come on, man. You've just started. You can't judge it straight out the gate. But, yeah, I was a bit like, ugh. Ugh. Now, see, this is the thing, right? She says that Zach is her best friend. But then Kira is meant to be her best friend, right? He's just like, oh, that's my best friend. No, that's my best friend. And, like, listen, this book. It's it's like for those 50, 50, shade, 50 shade peoples, right? Now, it's not a, you know, a sex book. I mean, they do have sex a couple of times, which always just so badly written. So badly written. It's one of those ones where it's just like, you know, oh, and we came together straight away. You know, he kissed me on my button, you know, he went to my special place, it's just that, and you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, man, come on, what are we doing, you know what I mean, oh dear, but yeah, it, it, it's light, it's a light, it's a Mills and Boone type of thing, it's, it's not real, nothing about it is real, because just from the, the setup, she was like, oh, I've been in this spot for a year and a half, and all this time I've been in love with him, and I've not talked to any other guy, and he's just like, ugh, no. Listen, here's the deal, right? Now, I look, I've, I've you know what I mean? I've had crushes on chicks, and I'd be like, oh, man, if only we could get together, this would be incredible, right? But like one you you realize there's that point where yeah we're not doing nothing's gonna happen right and there's that bit of you that wants to keep that little hope alive be like maybe maybe it could but then if someone great came up to you and talked you're not gonna be like no i'm saving myself you know because that's insane right you would you know go on a date like see like, you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, I mean, I want to, but, you know, let's go on a date. It's a date, you know? Like, you're not jumping them or something, but, you know, you see, like, all right, you know, what's the deal? All right? That's what you would do. Now, maybe, as I said, look, you would give it a period of time, not a year and a half. That's insane. Right? Uh, and, yeah, this is just like, she's like, oh, he sleeps around. He doesn't, so you know, right, what he does. So that's the thing. So you're not waiting a year and a half. That's stupid. That's insane. And again, look, I know people, like, I've spoken to girls who have been in this situation. Dudes, no one would do that. No one. No one is waiting a year and a half. A year and a half of not talking to anyone else or any of that is dumb. So there's that. Again, there's that whole thing of Kira supposedly being her best friend, you know, which is like, ugh. then you go to, like, so, you know, we, we're, we're constantly changing the point of view, go from um, her to Zach, right, and um, yeah, you, you have him then going, oh, I mean, she doesn't deserve me, oh, I love her, but 
she deserves someone so much better. And you're just like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, God damn it. This is so dumb. Right? No one's, no one is doing that shit. Right? You might go to yourself, oh, man, like, uh, man, like, I can't believe she likes me. Like, that, man, like, all the people that, that, that are looking at her, like, um, you know, Nessa, as it was, I'm surprised she wants to go out with me, but you're not like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not, like, you know. Someone would stay and be like, no, I'm too much bad news for you. No, this is so stupid, right? It is just dumb, all of this. You have like, um, you know, she gets invited out by some like people that she knows, some friends, and he's like, oh, I've got to go and keep her safe. Oh, I can't believe he's looking at her. Well, does he want to date her? And you're like, what? Like, you're putting your dick in everything, but you would then try and cock block her, even though you're not trying to date. It's just this stupidness. And then for her to allow the shit, Right, you'd be like, oh, I'm a kick-ass woman, blah, blah, blah. But then it's just like, okay, you can do that. Right, they're meant to be best friends. Meant to be best friends. They know nothing about each other. <laughs> nothing. Right, no. If this was a few months in, I get it. But you know someone a year and a half, and you don't know if they've got siblings. You, you don't know, like, just, you know. In, like their hobbies, you don't know. You don't know any of that. Like you ain't best friends. Like what the fuck are you talking? You ain't best friends, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's just stupid. And yeah, it's just full of these. <sighs> I'm pulling away, right? There's this older woman that he's been having a fling with. And again, you get this at the very start. It's not just no spoilers here, people. But it's just like, oh, I've been trying to break it off with her. All this. And you're like, mm, no, you ain't. Right? It's not difficult. Right? Especially if you've been dating someone from, the, from a young age. Right? You just be like, I'm telling the police. So all you have to do is fucking simple. There's no... Oh, how can I do it? I just don't know. Oh, just it's lame, right? There's a point where it's like a friend doesn't cook, but she made some shop bought stuff. Shop bought stuff. So it's not going to taste incredible because it's shop bought. It's not going to taste disgusting, but it's just going to taste shop ball and she's just like oh i had to go because i had to try her cooking i'm like what are you saying you've already said oh it's shop ball oh that makes sense blah, blah, blah. and then the new me like 
kind of, I couldn't not try her cooking. Like, Jesus Christ. Jeez. And then, obviously, right, they make the job that she really wants, marketing. I hate that shit. I hate that shit. Whenever there's, like, in a story, they'll be like, ah, oh, the person's in the market. But then the way they talk about it, be like, you know nothing about this game, son. You know nothing about this game. And obviously, it, you know, they always get the opportunities they go for. <laughs> like, he owns property, but he works in a casino, right? But we're meant to believe that, oh, yeah, he's making so much bank that he can afford. No, he's not. No, he's not. Now, his dad is rich, right? So, yes, just say his dad lent him some money. Simple, but trying to make it that he does it all in his jones? Come on, man. That's some stupid shit. So, you know, I mean, it did serve as a refreshment, but ugh, it just made me irritated. It made me irritated. This was not a book for me. It wasn't a book for me. Now, you know, like, I'd have to dip into certain things because sometimes you stumble on something that you really like, right? There was, um, I think it was called My Best Friend by Mike Gale. I liked that book. I thought it was a good book. I enjoyed it, right? So, but I would never have found that book if I didn't, you know, give certain things a try. Right? So, yeah, it's about, all right, I'll check this out. I'll try it. You know? But, um, yeah, sometimes you hit a turkey. And for me, this really was. As I said, look, it's just not for me. It wasn't for me. Now, if you like um, Chili Cooper, you know, Jojo Moyles, all of that, you'll dig it. I think it'll probably be for you. You know, fortunately, it was not for me. But back to the Count of Monte Cristo, it is. Okay, people. So as we come to an end of another episode, let's take a look at what's happening in the world of TV. Now, this one seemed a little bit crazy, but um, yeah, they're making a TV series of Trivial Pursuits. Yeah, it's going to become a game show hosted by LeVar Burton. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Which is, uh, yeah, it's a little crazy. He's going to be an executive producer on the show with Sangati Patel, Tara Long, and Gino McDormand. So, um... Yeah, who the fuck knows what's gonna happen with that, you know what I mean? But yeah, it, it, it's coming. It's coming. Um, we're, we're also getting computer games coming to TV, right? So there's a game from um, Crytek, I think, called Hunt Showdown. And that is, um, yeah, it's coming to TV, right? So the game came out not too long ago, 2019. Um, and it's being produced by 
Beam, right? Which is a new um, game-centric streaming platform. Okay? So, uh, yeah, it's being produced by Alan Unger and Vince Talanetti um, with Avini Yeriel. Farouk Yerville and Pascal Toneka, executive producing. Um, yeah, that, like the, the game is uh, about a bounty, a bounty hunter, a bounty, a bounty hunter who must kill a mythical monster in order to claim the bounty and survive long enough to reach an extraction point. So, uh, I don't know, man. Um, but another computer game coming to the small screen is Earthworm Jim, which is kind of it's a, it's a weird thing, right? Because I kind of thought it had already been a cartoon, but no, I mean, I know it became a comic book series over, I think, only um, or image. One or two, but yeah, it's now coming as a, uh, a yeah animated series, right? So uh, the computer games follow the adventures of Jim, a worm in a futuristic robotic suit who fights evildoers and navigates the galaxy with each planet home to a race of anthropomorphic animals. Hmm. Uh, now, other things are coming at your way, people. Now, it, it does seem that a lot of big studios tied themselves into comic book studios as it's a great way of getting content and new regency is the latest to form an alliance. Uh, they've teamed up with TKO Studios, right, an indie uh, comic book publisher, and uh, yeah, so now they have the rights to uh, yeah turn TKO's library and IP into um, television projects, right? So um, yeah, if you've been reading TKO stuff, yeah, 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 could be extremely happy that um, that is happening, okay. Uh, so over at the OWN, right? Um, Queen Sugar has just received a seventh season renewal, right? But that will be it, Ooh. right? Uh, and they're feeling that the new season will air. Um, at some point in 2022, so next year. Um, also, over on OWN, on the 11th of January, right, um, you will be getting The Kings of Napa, right, which is about an aspirational African-American family who owns a Napa Valley vineyard. Following the patriarch's sudden exit from the company, 
his three children must grapple for the reign to the kingdom. Um, also, over on Paramount, on the 23rd of December, you'll be getting the latest season of Reno 911, which is called The Hunt for QAnon. Right? Um, yeah, it will see the cast reunite as the deputies of the Reno Sheriff's Department as they go on a hunt for the queue behind the QAnon conspiracies. Um, on the 28th of January, Apple will be launching After Party, which is a murder mystery at a high school reunion. It's a limited series from Phil Lord and Chris Miller, starring Tiffany Haddish, Ben Schwartz, Ike uh, Byron Holtz, Dave Franco, and Ilana Glazer. And then over on Hulu, it's a couple of things coming. Um, yeah, so on the 9th of December, they will be dropping Bloods, which is actually it's a UK series that uh, Sky created, 10 episodes, right? Um, and then on the 26th of December will be um, the 10th season of Letter Kenny, a Canadian comedy series. Um, oh, and also on the 18th of January, you will be getting How I Met Your Father, which is the spin-off to How I Met Your Mother, which, from what I recall, isn't really a spin-off. They're completely a new set of characters, but it's starring Hilary Duff and Kim Cattrall. Um, uh, so Epics, right? They've got a new show from Michael Hurst. It's eight episodes, and it's uh, Billy the Kid, right? Which, uh, yeah, not too bad. Tom Blythe will be playing Billy. Uh, Daniel Weber, um, yeah, is playing Jesse Evans, right? So, uh, yeah, that sounds fun. Um, and you know, Hurst, right? He's had the Vikings, the Tudors, great shows. So, you know, what I mean, I, I, I'm kind of feeling that this is, uh, yeah, it, it should be good, right? Um, what else do we have? All right, so uh, Universal they are developing Dark Woods, which was a scripted podcast, right? Um, it's a story about when a body of a young volunteer is discovered in the middle of the California Redwoods, two estranged ex spouses. A stubborn game warden and a charismatic councilwoman end up having to put their personal differences aside to learn the terrifying truth about what is happening in their state park. 
The investigation leads to a surprising twist impacted by the illegal marijuana grow sites and a much larger crime organization. Hmm. All right, we'll uh, see what happens with that. Uh, now, this was pretty big news. So, uh, the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery was meant to be dropping on Netflix, right? I feel this week, but all of a sudden, boom, it's not happening, and all three previous seasons have gone, no longer on Netflix. And that's because, and, and so the whole thing was, at the very beginning, right, even though, um, you know, it, it's a CBS Paramount series. Netflix helped fund it all, right? But, um, yeah, deals have been made. Viacom have paid Netflix off. And so now, yeah, Discovery is coming back because they're looking to send um, Paramount Plus internationally, you know. It's in a few other countries in America, but they're, they're looking to make a big push and they want, you know, Discovery is one of those flagship titles, which you get, but you know what I mean? Their push does not cover nearly as many places as Netflix. So it does feel like they're uh, fucking everyone over, but them's the breaks it would seem. But Netflix is getting another new series. This is called Blockbuster, right? Um, it's interesting because, yeah, it, it wasn't meant to be coming to Netflix, right? It's meant to be an NBC show, but for some reason, they didn't pick it up. It's about the last Blockbuster video store in America, right? It's the main Blockbuster. It's uh, being developed by Vanessa Ramos, right, who was behind Brooklyn 999 and Superstore, right? Um, David Case and Jackie Clark are writing the series, and it's going to be starring Randall Park. So, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued, right? Um, now, we know also Netflix has uh, the live-action Aviator, The Last Airbender series, and, uh, yeah, a, a few new people have joined the cast, right? So we've got Paul Sung-Hung. Uh, he's going to be playing Uncle Iroh. Uh, Lim Kaysu is going to be Monk Gasteo. And Kang Long is Commander Zeo. Um, if any of that uh, means anything to you people, I have no clue. Right? I, I, I tried to uh, get into it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was okay. I, I, I only watched a couple of episodes, I think. But it was okay. 
but I think something else came that kind of piqued my interest a bit more. So I will go back to it. But yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've probably watched the cartoons before the, I get into the live action. You know what I mean? Uh, so over on Disney Plus, they've got a new series dropping called Rona Who Lives by the River. It's an animated musical series, and it's going to be starring Karen Gillan, right? Well, I mean, she's going to be voicing the main character, right? Um, yeah, this is a 20th, cent- 20th television animation production, right? Which, uh, you know, um, it follows the adventures of Rona the Third, right? Um, this is the most interesting Rona in a small Scottish town. Her life is utterly dull, but after a freak C-L-O-O-T-I-E well incident results in a bacterial ink eye and the ability to make her own wishes come true her star is finally on the rise so uh, Emily Kapnick will be the showrunner um, and executive produce um, yeah so we'll see what happens Danny Elfman is doing the music which which, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that should be fun, right? So, um, Warner Brothers have just signed a big deal with Lena Waif, right? Her Hillman grad production company, right? And um, the first thing to pop is a scripted drama inspired by the documentary Hugh Dreams, right? Uh, Aaron Rushton Thomas is writing it, and it follows two African-American teenage boys in 1990s Chicago experiencing the privilege and pitfalls of being high school basketball phenoms. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like the documentary, so we'll see what this is like. Alright, so, uh, yeah, over on Amazon, they've got a new series coming called The Consultant, and it's going to be starring Christopher Waltz, right? It's um, created by Tony Bazgallop. Right, um, it's said to be a um, darkly comedic workplace thriller that explores a sinister relationship between boss and employee. Mm. So, yeah, so we will see how that all unfolds. Uh, Matt Sharkman is going to direct and executive produce the uh, series. Um, also, right, um, FX on Hulu has a new series called Feishman is in Trouble, and it's going to be starring Jesse Eisenberg. Right, uh, it is based on a best-selling book from Taffy Brewster Ackner, right, and it follows 
a recently separated 40-something Toby Fleischman who dives into the new world of app-based dating with a level of success he never had before he got married. At the same time, though, his ex-wife, Rachel, disappears and leaves him with the kids with no indication of where she is or if she plans on returning. Dum, dum, dum. So, uh, yeah. And then you have that. It's also going to have Lizzie Kaplan as um, Toby's best friend, who he reconnects with after his divorce. And... Um, she will also be the narrator and let's end on this one because coming to netflix this week is cowboy bebop the live action um animation adaptation right and uh yes the uh the show runner right andre nemek has been um, talking about uh, this show, right? It's 10 episodes. And um, he says, if uh, 10 Sanderos comes by, you tell him I got big plans for season two. We definitely know where we want to go. And I'm excited that we get to tell those stories. Fingers crossed that we get more cowboy people. So yeah, that's fun people. So if everyone watches it and enjoys it, more is on the way. Okay, so that is it. We are done. Hope you've enjoyed it and we will see you next week. All right, people. Peace. Fuck more ass, the black color.